going to cure it. Blog Talk Radio. He was up each morning with the dawn because he knew his daily run was long and hard and he had to be ready to get his freight train down the track determination he would never lack the little locomotive called freight train freddy hi everyone welcome to getting on top i'm your host paul morris and we're here tuesdays from 4 to 4.30 p.m., that's East Coast time, and we broadcast from the southern Hudson Valley region of New York State. A few out-of-towners, the northern suburbs of New York City, my hometown, and uh, that little uh, ditty was called Freight Train Freddy from the children's uh, rhyming story of the same name that I wrote, and Peter Tazone uh, wrote and sa- uh, sang the song, and he also illustrated the book. If someone would like to see the beautiful pictures that Peter Drew, and also see some of the uh, rhyming verse that I wrote, go to ftfcreations.com. That's FTF as in Freight Train Freddy, creations.com. You can get the uh, ebook for two ninety nine for the Kindle or the Apple iPad. The iPad also gets the full song with it, or you could buy the soft cover as well. If anybody uh, has a question or comment, for the show, you can dial one three four seven two one five nine four five six and ask a question for me and my guest. My guest today is Penny Cohen. <clears throat> the name of the show today is Emotional Trauma from a Shamanic Perspective. Uh, emotional trauma affects everyone. We all have them, whether we realize it or not. Some are profound, like and life-changing, and many are not that significant, but the rest fall somewhere in between. On the show, Penny and I will discuss what constitutes an emotional trauma, why they are not always bad, and how the North American shamanic tradition and South American shamanic tradition explains these events. Penny Cohen is a transformational psychotherapist, relationship counselor, and author of the book, Personal Kabbalah, 32 Paths to Inner Peace and Life Purpose. And uh, as it turns out, Penny worked for and studied with Michael Horner. And uh, Michael Horner wrote the book. One one of the books he wrote was The Way of the Shaman. So uh, were you down in uh, South America too, Penny? No. No, I was not. Well, weren't he you in the, uh, um, the Hebrew Amazon Indians for several years? Oh, the Crow Indians. Wow. Okay. Excellent. But you did go to the. Uh, you said you went to the Amazon a couple of few yep, years ago. Yes, but not for but, that uh, at the time. Okay. 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 So let's uh, get started. Um, so emotional trauma affects everyone. Most just to open emotional trauma. Basically, what it means to the lay person is if you have a fear, phobia, or, you know, some something that keeps you from really functioning normally, oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes, it comes from what we call emotional trauma. 
Uh, trauma is something, is an event that occurs and follows you throughout life until and unless you do something to uh, to get rid of it. And uh, we're talking about emotional trauma as opposed to physical trauma. Although emotional traumas often can come from a physical trauma, like having a bad uh, bad uh, accident or getting injured in some way, uh, you know, having a bad uh, health experience, and it can come from many many things. Uh, many times they come early in life because we're most vulnerable then, but they can also occur later in life. And one that's very prominently discussed these days is post-traumatic stress disorder, which is a serious emotional trauma. Uh, <clears throat> so, okay, Penny, would you like to say something just to kind of as an opener as well? Well, I think you explained trauma very well, you know, as a, a precursor to extreme anxiety, PTSD, could work on relationships and self-esteem. And um, it's a matter of how we cope with the thoughts that crop up after trauma. And it's very interesting. We were away this weekend in Lake George at Six Flags, and my daughter, husband, and her two kids were on the roller coaster, and it stopped for 45 minutes. Thanks. Something like that could be traumatic. <laughs> and I think my daughter took a picture of herself, and it was right like you can imagine in one of her kids also however they were able to immediately calm people down it was 92 degrees they were on the top and they you know the people running the ferris wheel were actually very good they brought them umbrellas they convinced them that they would be there with steps to be able to get off and walk down however it was very traumatic and I'm thinking, oh, my God, the girls who are nine years old are never going to go on rides again. It's going to be a traumatic thing. And then I usually like to practice what I preach. And I said, look at all these stories I'm building up around this. And they came down, and although they were hot, exhausted, and a bit sh shaken up, my daughter and son-in-law convinced them that everything would be fine and they were really great with it however normally it doesn't turn out that way vietnam vets who have seen heads decapitated children who have been sexually abused mm -hmm. this is major trauma but it's still working with them in the same way of what are they saying about themselves regarding the trauma? I mean, the trauma is real. Mm -hmm. However, what's more real is what they're saying about themselves as a result of what has happened to them, mm -hmm. self-limiting beliefs, mm -hmm. and also decisions they made about how they would cope with what happened to them. Mm -hmm. And if we can look at all of these aspects, we can help turn them around so that the trauma 
isn't forgotten, but you no longer have the emotional charge with it. Yes. Well, the, you know, actually, as you're talking, I realize what a huge subject this is. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I mentioned in the uh, in the uh, in the introduction about it could be good, you know, and uh, just just an example. Well, I believe emotional trauma is there to protect us, so we don't. You know, if you're bitten by a dog, you, you know, when you're a kid and, you, you know, you see a dog, you run the other way, and it's to protect you so you don't get bitten again. Right. Of course, right. later on in life, it could be a burden because you might want to be around people who have dogs and not be so frightened and so on. So, I, you know, I, I make the analogy to training wheels. You know, when, you know, at a certain time, the training wheels are good and helpful when you're starting out riding a bike, perhaps. But then when you're really getting good at it, they're in the way. So, exactly. you know, the trauma about being afraid of a dog, for instance, may be helpful when you're a little kid, protect you. But when you become an adult, it may be in the way, so you want to jettison it or get rid of it. But, you know, some are good forever. And it's funny, I was using the analogy, and I was talking to one of my brothers who was around who's 10 years older than me. And I talked to him about, uh, you know, trauma you know, like somebody runs out between cars and almost gets hit by a car coming down the street. And he looked at me. He didn't laugh, but he said, that happened to you. And I didn't oh, really? remember. Yeah, when I was a little kid in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I, 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 I'm I trying to remember it, but I don't know. And he said, yeah, that happened. Well, you know, I'm always careful now going between cars, so that's something you can keep forever, and that's good because right. it's protecting me from, you know, from, and, you know, always cautioning uh, you know, my kids and grandchildren the same way. But, but you know, there, there's so much there's so much to this. Uh, and um, so, you know, there's a lot, a lot of, a lot of um, a- aspects and facets to trauma. You know, as you say, it could be it could be very, you know, trauma could be so great that people stop functioning, literally. Right. And, you know, right. like people who are adults and live with their parents, you know, and they might have been a lawyer or a doctor or, or an accountant or whatever, and all of a sudden, and I know people like that, a lot of people do, they go through a trauma that's so great, they literally is not enough left to function, and they just... They just act like children. They're not responsible anymore. So it could be that strong. The right. thing about the, sh- the shamanic way, and I'll, I'll, I'll just, uh, you know, uh, just say this, and I'll let you, you know, uh, take, you know, talk a little about it. Uh, when I was, you know, developing my processes for helping people with emotional trauma, I read this uh, book, uh, Soul Retrieval. And you told me, I forgot the woman's name, but she was trained by Michael uh, Honor. Yes. Right, what was that name? was Sandra Ingerman. Wrote yes, the book Sandra Soul Ingerman. Retrieval. I read a book and it was very helpful. And what she said was that, and it makes a lot of sense, and it, it really it also goes to what I was saying about how people could stop functioning after a very strong trauma. Uh, that part of your soul energy is separated from your soul, and is out there, so to speak, connected somehow. And the reason it's separated is because if it's there all the time, you're always going through that trauma in your mind and you can't function. 
but it only comes into play, only triggered when something reminds you of that event. And, well, if you think about it that way, then, um, you know, if a trauma is very great, then so much of the soul energy could be removed, right, that you could not have enough to really function with. At least that's my uh, conclusion. So, you know, and it's everything, every trauma is somewhere in between, you know, a very minor one and one that could be, you know, one that changes the life so you can't function. Is that something that makes sense to you? What do you think about well, that? Um, well, I'll, I'll say it from a shamanic point of view very briefly, okay. and then sure. from a, sh- a psychological point of view, and my yeah. experience in working with people, uh, from a shamanic point of view, or even from a Kabbalistic point of view, they believe our soul leaves our body every night. And in the morning, it comes back. And for instance, if you wake up in the middle of the night from a loud noise, you feel uh, disconnected. You feel disjointed, scattered. Where am I kind of thing? Now, in shamanism, they do believe with trauma, often part of the soul leaves the body. Some go to the uh, cave of the children and stay there. And ideally, the shamanic healer will do drumming and bring that soul back into the body. So it's the idea of uh, coming home to ourselves again. And it, it works the same way in Kabbalah. Now, from a psychological perspective, I have worked with people who lost loved ones. And I had one client I had seen many years ago, and I get a call from her, and she says, you know, I'm absolutely devastated. I can't function. My mother was my best friend. She died three months ago, and I'm just in shambles. I can't function. I can't go to work. So she came in, and I said to her, I think your soul went with your mother. She looked at me, (laughs) and she said, what do you mean? I said, well, sometimes when a loved one passes, unconsciously we don't want to leave them or let them go. So a part of our life force, our energy, literally goes with them. Or part of their soul stays with us because they're not ready to move on. And so I worked with this woman And we opened up to her higher self and invited, which is also known as the soul, and invited that soul to come back into her body and into her heart. And she said, oh, my God, I feel whole again. And she went home, and I got a call from her later in the day to say, My boyfriend, and she lived with a guy, and she said, my boyfriend looked at me and said, what the hell happened to you? You're gorgeous again. I got my gal back. Uh, So did you go into a meditative state when you did that with her? I mean, how? Excuse me? I'm sorry, what was your question? What kind of state of mind did you go into? 
when she oh, okay. invited yeah, I do a relaxation when I work with people in that way. Not right. deep hypnosis, just general relaxation where they can actually feel the energy in their body. Now, I've worked with other clients who have had some traumatic experience, even trauma of divorce. And, you know, I will say, think about the issue and what happens in your body. And they might say, I feel like I'm getting smaller and smaller. Or I feel like I'm moving further and further away. Sometimes they'll even say, I feel like I'm not even here in my body. Right. Now that, from a psychological perspective, is known as disassociation. I mean, they don't use the terms bring the soul back into the body. However, they do try to develop a healthy ego. Mm -hmm. Now, a healthy ego, like you said, you know, your defense mechanisms, a healthy ego is building up self-esteem. It's learning how to deal with trauma in a more uh, rational or relaxed way or how to overcome it. And there are a lot of methods that we could use now. Uh-huh. Okay, before we get into the methods, because there's a lot here, I think, you know, I'll save the methods for another show, okay? Because mm-hmm. I, I want to concentrate, you know, it's a big subject. I want to concentrate on on the trauma itself. But, you know, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, how to cure it uh, another time. But... It's, it's, I have a question, and and uh, and then go into an area which you brought up earlier, which is really really important. Uh, you know how people react or respond to it, you know, right. well or otherwise. But so, for instance, if somebody, uh, as an example, I know someone like this who was molested, let's say, as a child, and uh, their soul separated from their body. Um, how would you deal with something like that? I mean, have you had a situation like that? That the soul sure. is not... Okay. How did you know it was, and how did you deal with it? Well, I believe like our soul is like a balloon, and our higher self hovers above us. Uh-huh. And a part of our higher self comes in with us in every lifetime. And we have only so much of our life force, our light and love. And with any trauma or even mild trauma, disappointment, um, forgetting to do something, a little bit of that soul leaves our body. Mm-hmm. And our body constricts with negative thoughts and self-defeating beliefs and repressed feelings. So we have to look into what are the beliefs, what are the decisions we make about the trauma, and work also on releasing the repressed feelings. And 
once we open up more, once we release the repressed feelings, there's room for that life force, that energy to come back into our bodies. Okay. And it's so a you're process. Saying, it's yeah. a so you're saying the person can't bring their soul back until they realize what happened and deal with that occurrence? Ideally, it's best to know, to know, to be aware of, you know, it's like when a traumatic event happens, we go into shock, and often we don't allow ourselves to feel the experience of it, and that's where the ongoing trauma perpetuates itself. But if we allow ourselves to experience the actual feelings of it, and we don't have to take it on and carry it around, that's when we can begin to heal it. you got to feel it in order to heal it. Feel it to heal it. Okay, because it's re- since it's repressed, it expresses itself in ways that we can't control or we don't know. Is exactly. That exactly. That's so what when is it we trying? go into or post-traumatic stress. We go into anxiety, yeah. depression. Yeah, but th- this is the thing that people, the other thing is how people react to it. You know, some people right. uh, take it. It's, some, unfortunately, some people kind of go with it. They kind of use it to, to protect themselves. And, and they also what I, use you know, it to They become sympathy. victims. I'm sorry? Right. Right. And they, and they become vic- victims. victims. Right. And that's unfortunate. But, but you can't do anything about it. I guess it's just a different type of person. Some people always fight it or, you know, use it to help themselves to, you know, overcome it. And some people just, you know, allow it to run their lives. So I guess right. how we respond to it is very, very important. I mean, that's... Uh, that's the primary part of it is how do we you know it's interesting um i had belonged to a support group and the person leading it had two children who died as teenagers and somebody came in knew somebody new came in and said you know my dog died and i'm devastated And I'm ashamed by it because I know you, to the facilitator, lost two children. And his answer was, trauma is still trauma. Your loss is as great as my loss. There's no no way to compare. There's no one better trauma than another or worse. Well, Well, that goes along with judging, you know. Judgment, being judgmental, you know. Right. In other words, he, he the, the leader was not judgmental. He didn't judge the person, right? He 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 allowed him to be, you know, to feel what he felt based on what he did, and didn't, you know, say, "Well, how dare you <laughs> make a thing right. out of this?" Right. Uh, yeah. Well, that that's a. Let me say that's a. Quite a uh, quite a human being to, to be able to say something like that. Uh, you, know. you know, part part of trauma I would just like to get in for a minute. It's sure. about forgiving the other person and also forgiving ourselves. 
that's hard. That's hard. But well, why would you have to forgive yourself? I mean, uh, I was well, traumatized. See, I, 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 I believe we create maybe 90% of everything that happens to us. If it's a matter of an accident, we're down on ourselves for not being more alert, more aware. If it's a matter of somebody doing something to us, like a lot of uh, children with sex abuse who turn into adults, a lot of them feel like they may have seduced the uh, perpetrator, and they Mm -hmm. feel guilty about it. And it's taking on the belief that I'm bad, I must have done something wrong. So it's forgiving yourself for having taken on that belief. And it's a great release when we let go of that, forgive ourselves. Mm -hmm. Or trauma of divorce, if we really look at... I don't care what you say, divorce is a 50-50 proposition. If if we look at our part in it, like maybe we even knew that our partner was an alcoholic, but we didn't do anything about it. On some level, we're carrying a sense of shame that we need to forgive ourselves for. And, I mean, forgiveness could be a whole show within itself. Yeah, well, a lot of people go into relationships, you know, and they, you know, they fool themselves. <clears throat> I mean, they know there's a problem with the other person, <clears throat> and oftentimes it's because they feel they may feel a little, uh, you know, don't have uh, as much confidence as they could, and they feel if the other person isn't that great, they're not going to judge them so much. So, you know, they'll accept them more. But, you know, oftentimes, uh, you know, at least... Well, see, even judgment, uh, with judgment, I believe whatever we judge in another is something within ourselves that's still unresolved. We can discern right and wrong, but to me, judgment means having an emotional charge towards a person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... <clears throat> It seems like, you know, if you believe that we're here to learn lessons, that being traumatized is a very integral part of the whole process, the whole scenario, because it creates, you know, it's a very central part to the dynamic of life and how you interact with other people and how you how you view yourself and so on and so forth. It seems like it's you know as much as it it ha- it doesn't have a positive uh, um, connotation. You know it is it is part of what's go- you know it's part, part of, of what's learning, going on. Right. I mean that's that's a really good point. Like for me, my ex-husband was the one who wanted out of the marriage. And I had no college, no means of support, no career. And I really was devastated by it. However, it got me searching for who am I, why am I here, 
what's my purpose, and how can I fulfill it? And that in itself has become my lifelong mission Mm. in helping others do the same. So Mm. out of that particular trauma came something really good. Right. You you well you lost your cushion, and so exactly. you were, you were made to fend for yourself, and you reached down and you found something, right? It seems that you might exactly. even so didn't it, know it, was there. Some some it, I guess. intelligence and resourcefulness, you know. Mm-hmm. And, so that and was so my lesson that. was to learn how to become my own person. And I do believe we each have a lesson to learn from yes. these traumatic experiences. So, so, and absolutely. And of course, I, I would bet anything that is your greatest feeling of accomplishment in your life that you that you did pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you know accomplish some uh, terrific things from that. Now, what about the ones that go the other way? What about the people? You know, I mean, I personally, you know, I I worked to help myself. I felt very insecure as a young kid. I was ignored. I was a fourth child. I was supposed to be a girl because <laughs> they wanted a girl and three boys. The reason why I had my depression, I was not wanted. All that stuff, I didn't really feel that wasn't a big, such a big deal as much as I just you know, whatever it was that made me feel insecure, being ignored, not, you know, this, that, the other thing. But it made me want to work towards being better and not yeah. just, you know, and I'm, it's not a matter mm-hmm. of saying, oh, how great I am. I don't really view it that way at all. I just think that just the way I am and somebody else is different. Well, Not necessarily better, you know what I'm saying? Of course it's better if, no, you, if I, you strive I to improve yourself. But, right. but, the, but what about those other people? What, you know, what about those people just kind of throwing the towel right away or give in to that, you know? Well, yeah. they either become victims and other people yeah. have to take care of them or they might hit rock bottom and say enough of this and start either going for therapy or taking workshops that could help people be resilient. I mean, that's what it is. It's learning how to be resilient in spite of trauma. I mean, there's minor trauma and there's major trauma. And we have to be resilient with both. Yeah, but, but, but there's also people, and I know in my personal life, a number of them, <clears throat> who definitely consider themselves victims, but they're not, you know, they're successful people. They made money, they they had some, you know, whatever status, whatever it was. They kind of used it in some way to to allow themselves to, you know, to to kind of use whatever means necessary, if you get my point. You know what I mean? And even sometimes be underhanded to achieve their goals because, hey, I'm a victim. It's okay for me to, you know, cheat a lie or whatever it did for them to, you know, uh, uh, you know, get where they're going. I'm sure you know people like that. 
Well, it's and, the typical and not necessarily... I don't care whether it's from trauma or whether it's uh, just uh, disappointment in life. They become victims, and then they look for sympathy, and they right. want attention, and it's very difficult. And but A lot of these know, victims again, are high-profile people. You must even deal that? with that in your, in your practice. Some of these, quote, victims are very uh, somewhat high-profile well, people. I, I go for the jugular with people, and I tell them this is victim consciousness. If you want to stay in it, I cannot help you. But how does a person of a high profile justify their victim? You know, it's like uh, it, it seems to be two opposite well, things. Well, what it is, it's people who are always blaming other people or situations. Okay. Yes. Yeah. They're not willing to look into themselves, their own thoughts, their self-limiting beliefs, even touch their feelings. So many people are afraid to feel, and they're not even aware of it. And then look at your own behavior around it instead of constantly blaming others. Hmm. I mean, they, that's you know, the they, bottom line. If they're going to continue to blame other people, they aren't going to heal. Yeah, but they. But look at from another from another perspective. It may be that they've used this to attain, you know, uh, some status in life, money, and so on, and it's been their modus operandi. It's pretty damn hard for them to give it up, right? At this well, you stage, know, right? they. They don't have to give up what they've achieved. Right. That's okay. That's I mean, true. that's like I talk about the difference between success from force or success through flow. <laughs> and, you know, somebody who's experienced trauma may be successful through force, but they can learn how to open up to bring their soul back into their body and be a, uh, feel strong and still have the material wealth that they may want. Mm-hmm. They don't have to give up one for another. That's that's true. That's true. It's just a little scary probably uh, letting go of something, you know, some groove. So just to switch... Excuse me. Subjects a little bit. Get back to the, the shamanic uh, aspect of the soul. Is there any way? I know there's no very uh, uh, scientific way, although who knows? Way to measure how much of your soul energy is missing? Not or that you have I to know. Do it psychically. Psychically, I mean, perhaps. Well, however, I mean, you must have a gauge when you see somebody. You may sense it. It could probably be partly intuitive well, well, to you, you know, how actually, much they're, you know. Now that I think of it, when I'm working with clients, I would say, how open is your heart on a scale of 0 to 10, with 10 being the highest? And most of them will be able to give me some kind of rating. Mm. And then we'll work on bringing this back into the body and I'll ask again how open or how fulfilled are you feeling in your body and they'll be able to give me a rating mm-hmm. 
And it usually goes up significantly, is that what you're saying? Ideally, yeah. Well, has that been your experience? Absolutely. Absolutely. So they may know. I mean, we can really detect. When we're in a relaxed state, we can detect what's going on inside the bed, the the body, Mm -hmm. easier than when we're just in a rational state. We can feel our body. And when I say our body, I mean between the neck and the genital area. Most people think they're feelings rather than feel them, so they keep it up in their heads. And that's when we get PTSD. That's when we get anxiety. That's when we get other um, obsessive thinking where if we can bring that energy or those thoughts down into the body, we can process where the core feelings are, feel them, identify them, and then work on getting to the belief and the decisions we made and change them, transform them. Yeah. So uh, we're kind of running out of time. we got maybe about three minutes. Um so, uh, you know, you want to just say something to wrap it up, uh, however you want to, you know, no, give advice? No, the only or... thing is, in case of trauma, ideally you should seek out help. Um, or there are a lot of YouTube videos that you can follow. There's a lot of different forms of dealing with trauma, such as emotional freedom technique, muscle testing, I do what's called internal inquiry transformation, um, which is an integrated process. And there are a lot of uh, unique ways where you can break through and feel whole and confident again. And that's where the trauma can turn into something special. Yeah, but they should have some guidance, obviously. A layperson's not going to be able to do that very well because... Right, they need someone to guide them. Well, so I think <clears throat> they need someone because you know it's harder to see you see yourself as clearly as someone else will. Uh, right. What do you call that internal what processing? Internal. I I this is a process I formulated myself. It's called oh, internal did. inquiry transformation. Oh. Okay. And it's a process of questions you ask yourself to come up with the deep core beliefs and feelings. Interesting. Okay. Well, maybe we'll talk about that sometime. Oh, that end. would be great. If you're Terrific. Well, thank you. Uh, Penny, why don't you tell people uh, how to get in touch with you, uh, your website and number and any uh, anything that's coming up as far as okay. doing seminars, Terrific. workshops. My um, website is pennycohen.com. My email is penny at pennycohen.com. My phone number is 914-764-1708. And I will be starting some workshops in September and teleclasses. So uh, feel free to give me a call if there are any questions about it. And uh, or check out my website, which actually is in the process of being revamped and updated. Mm-hmm. So it might be better to call me. 
Well, thank you, Penny. As always, you, very Paul. interesting. Very interesting. And uh, thank you, uh, folks, for listening. And um, if anyone would like to find out more about me and what I do, uh, my website is depressivesanonymous.org, depressivesanonymous.org. And all my contact information is there. My email is paul at depressivesanonymous.org. And my phone number as well. And you'll find out things about depression you might not have realized. And uh, we're going to go out with uh, the uh, Freight Train Freddy by Peter Tizone. Bye, Penny. Bye, Paul. Thank Enjoy you. Enjoy warm weather. <laughs> we'll talk. You too. He was up each morning with the dawn Because he knew his daily run was long and hard And he had to be ready <coughs> To get his freight train down the track Determination he would never lack The little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy Everybody was his friend And they all helped him to the end To keep those freight cars rolling along steady He never knew what to expect And was very careful not to wreck The little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy The little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy.